0: Hello, hello, hello.
1: Hello. I'm still here.
0: Dad's oh. Hey! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Related to Geeks podcast, the podcast about a geeky family. This is episode one, original air date, Thursday, August 6, 2015. My name's Megan, and I am the youngest of the siblings, and tonight with us we have Sarah. Hello. Kirsten.
2: I simply acknowledge you.
0: Ah, and our father, Harry Larry.
3: Yep, I'm here.
0: <laughs> so to explain a little bit about how this podcast works, we're going to start with our segment one, which is what's caused us to geek out lately. Then we'll take a quick break, go into our topic of the week. And then after that, we'll have our pick of the week. And then we'll wrap it up and that will be our podcast. So that pretty much sums it up, don't you think? Got or- it. Sure, sure, yeah. Yep. Yeah, all right, we're good, we're good. All right, so I'm just going to pick someone at random, and let's start with Kier. Kier, what's caused you to geek out lately?
2: Well, I've started working on uh, an old board game idea and a new mechanic that I think is going to work really well. But simply put, there's a lot of kingdom builder games out there where you're you're working to build a castle or a city or something like that, and I wanted to do something like that, except with orcs. And the the idea behind the game is that you have to assign your orcs to do certain tasks, but it's going to be almost impossible to assign all of your orcs to do tasks, and any orcs that you can't assign to do tasks just end up tearing your kingdom apart. So if you leave the orcs idle, they just break things, and you have to assign as many as you can work, but you can never really assign all of them. Uh, I uh, right now I'm describing it like as teenagers. yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like that.
0: I was relating uh, right it now, to uh, I was relating it to lemmings. Only instead of being self-destructive, when you leave them idle, there they destroy other things.
2: Yeah, their orcs are fascinated with entropy. That's a that's a thing that you have to understand about orcs and four year olds.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Basically, the same thing. That's <laughs> what I always thought.
1: Yeah, uh,
2: I would describe the current mechanic as Alien Frontiers meets Galaxy Trucker.
1: One of those games, I'm a huge fan of. <laughs>
0: I have (laughs) heard of those games
1: (laughs) I really really like Alien Frontiers
2: uh Alien Frontiers you roll dice and those are your workers and you have to place dice in certain combinations so in the game the orcs are dice which I think is a perfect analogy orcs are just random mishmash of, of stuff and uh hard to control, unpredictable. Uh, And uh, in Galaxy Trucker, you build a ship as best as you can, and then you go on a little flight, and your ship falls to pieces (laughs) as it gets raided by pirates and dinged by asteroids and so on and so forth.
1: And it's honestly, it's the real-time building of that game that I'm not crazy about. So your game doesn't sound like it would have that.
2: No, this is, this is, you roll dice, and you use those dice as best you can, given the action spaces you have. And then whatever dice are left over, depending on what face is up, that's how they destroy what you have just built.
1: <laughs> and the dice will be green?
2: Absolutely. I don't mean, how could they not be?
0: Well, that you know, the orcs in the Lord of the Ring movies are brown, so...
2: Yeah, well...
0: <laughs> it's wrong. Orcs,
2: orcs everywhere else are green.
0: <laughs> oh, right. I don't
2: care if Tolkien invented did they, orcs. Do they have green blood? You know,
3: I alien think so.
0: orcs. Are your dice going to be green on the inside if I cut one of them in half? Will it be green on the oh, inside? Oh, please
1: don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. Dice, I'm, dice
0: I'm, brutality. I, I, <laughs> I wow.
2: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Just not
0: quite sure. All right. All right. Anything else, here
2: Well, that's, that's what I've been geeking out mainly about this week. Uh, we have a uh, superhero game day at the library, at a local library that we uh, run games at. And uh, I'm extremely excited about that. Uh, we've actually got uh, the the local comic book store coming in to run some hero clicks for us for our superhero game day so I think that should be a lot of fun
0: yeah I hope I get to make it out to that sounds neat
2: I I love how I put that no that's pretty much it except for this other thing that I'm super excited about here's why (laughs)
0: there we go hey that's that's what it's for alright how about you pops
3: Well, I got two quick things. Um, The family game, that's just great. Um, Carl's jamming for and bring back characters and everything from from 15, 20 years ago, you know, so yay, family game. And then uh, also uh, I've been working on a system for Wendelin, and uh, uh, the Alpha version didn't quite run Minecraft, and so I got a bid on a uh, uh, a e8400 uh hp system then maybe i'll get it that's a
0: <laughs> maybe. dual
3: core three gigahertz system that will run minecraft so then we'll just move the other stuff over into it the hard drive and that stuff
0: i tell you if we sounding? if we would have oh. flashed back a uh couple of weeks minecraft would have been my uh would have been my my, uh, geek out of the week for sure. I was super into it for about a week and a half, and then it became Minecraft (laughs) again. Um, Are you asking if Dad sounds a little off?
3: Well, the plan here is for for Wendy and Gear to be able to play Minecraft together, you know, on each with their own system. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dad, you're sounding a little electronic. Yeah, not surprising.
2: Yeah, really, I'm I'm robot dad. Yeah. All I know is now, in like a week or two, when Wendy gets her new computer, I'm going to have a new thing to be geeked out about.
1: (laughs) There you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sarah.
1: Well, speaking of the um, group that Kier was speaking about earlier, I actually got to attend two events this past week that the group did, which is amazing for me because I live about two hours away. But um uh, we had a um event at a local restaurant and did board games and I got to play quite a few board games and um and then we did another one just that Yeah, you were. And then we did another (laughs) event that following Monday and um it was just kind of a, a um impromptu because um there have been some interest in some game design meetings and my daughter and Kier are working on a game design together. So he, he wanted to schedule it around the time he knew she was going to be in town. So we got to do that. And I got to play board games that night as well. And that's really exciting for me <laughs> because normally I play board games a lot with my family. It's, but it's just the three of us. And it's always nice to experience games that I don't get to play all the time and, and play with other people. So I've been, um, Lucky enough that, that um I got to introduce some new people to a new game, which I absolutely love. And I got to play some games that I don't get to play very often that I absolutely love. So it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome. And then I'll be there Saturday too, so I'm kind of excited about that. I got
3: to play uh in the game design part that uh murder mystery game, Carol, will tell you the name. I, I don't remember the guy's name, but that game was pretty cool.
2: Uh yeah, the guy's name was Blake, and I believe the game was called yeah, Detective Town, where everyone's detective, but one guy is also a killer. He has two jobs. Two jobs. <laughs> yeah.
0: So which one's uh, by was, day was, and which one's way. by night? <laughs> 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 You've got the choice Well, I always, between think the detective
1: the, and I always think of the detective job as being like a nighttime thing, so I guess the murderer would <laughs> yeah, be yeah, doing that. He, he kills
0: during the day. Well, if everybody's a detective, then everybody's asleep during the day. So that's the time to murder people.
1: Right. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um. Well, actually, the time <laughs> that people
3: so get murdered is before the game starts. Huh. Just that's before cool. the game starts. Okay. Yeah. And, you Someone's know, got you problem. know Father Brown, you know, everybody really likes Father Brown. And he's so nice and, you know what I'm saying? But, man, I don't want him coming to our parish. He went to some parish down the road, and Manly had a murder every week. That guy's dangerous.
0: Uh, I guess I'm next, aren't I? Um, You're the only one left. (laughs) Yeah, I have been playing Bioshock Infinite, because I am super late to the party, as always. Um, and I have been enjoying it. I really enjoyed the first Bioshock, and then, of course, Bioshock 2 happened, and, and that wasn't really meant to be Bioshock, but kind of was Bioshock, or... It was one of those where they forced out a sequel rather than actually letting the guys who created Bioshock do something they wanted to do. Um, But Bioshock Infinite's been a lot of fun so far. But I do have a slight rant about the PS3. um, Which, Sarah, your husband, will enjoy this because I know how he feels about Sony. But (laughs) I played it the first night. I just stuck the disc in and played it the first night. No problems. Didn't have any weirdness at all. The second day, I tried to boot up the system, and it was convinced that it had to do an update. And I tried to do this update over and over and over again, and it just kept locking up and not doing the update. Well, it doesn't give you any option to skip the update. And I did a lot of research, and I worked on this for about an hour trying to figure out workarounds. And a lot of people just said, you just got to keep trying until it goes. You know, there's there's no way to fix it. Well, it wasn't like I needed this update to play the game. I'd played the game the night before and didn't have any problems. I didn't need any online functionality from the game. It's a single-player game. So I ended up going into the system and disabling the internet so that I could play the game without it looking for an update and freezing the system. That was how I ended up playing the game the second day around. So that was fun. Very geeky. Very, very <laughs> geeky. I had to I had to uh disable the internet and I love the internet. It kinda hurt me in my soul <laughs> to do something like that. But I had to disable the internet on the on the console so I could play play the video game. So there you go. I know that, that there's a nice. lot of uh there's a lot of uh rants out there about the Playstation three's uh update thing. But, you know, a lot of it has to do with the size of the files. This was a this was a 33 megabyte fi- file that was holding me up, it just wouldn't connect, so that was, that was frustrating to say the least, but the game's good, I enjoy the game. <laughs> well, well when, our internet
3: like the- gets disabled, when our internet gets disabled, we're okay for about 90 minutes and then then the internet withdrawal kicks in really bad and we both go crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, internet withdrawal serious business. Serious yeah, I mean, business. We have
3: to talk to each other and stuff.
0: Yeah. Which right now we're using the internet to talk to each other, so there's <laughs> there's some irony there, but I I know yeah. what you're talking about. Alright. <laughs> so I think this uh wraps up our uh what's caused us to geek out lately section, so we're gonna take a break.
3: You're listening to the Related to Geeks podcast, hosted on our website relatedtogeeks.com and on our YouTube channel.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back. This is our topic of the week. This week, we'll be discussing growing up geek and how it has shaped our lives today. So, we're just going to kind of have a free-flowing conversation about this. So, anybody, just throw in what you're what you're thinking right now.
1: Well, I want to start by saying that I think that one of the most interesting things about our family and growing up geek is that there's such a large age range. Um, I am 16, almost 17 years older than Megan. And we're almost like different generations within the same family. So my experience of growing up geek is pretty different from Megan's. Yeah, she um, used
0: to play the Atari
1: I did. That's how old I am. Um, and Megan has so, to play
3: emulators to play all the good yes. games.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> well, there are there are lots and lots of similarities too, but <laughs> but I mean Really the, really
2: it's just the game systems that's changed.
1: <laughs> that's it, that's all it is. Everything else is exactly the same. <laughs> Hey, it's mostly just the difference Well, when I was people.
3: growing up, geek, there weren't even computers.
1: Yeah, he had the
0: real challenge. There
3: were, but not... I was I a, chess a chess geek.
0: Chess yeah. geek? Oh, I love chess. I will say that that, that passed on. <laughs> you did well, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... I was pretty much hopeless, because... Not only was I being raised by parents who are geeks, but I was being raised by older siblings who are geeks. So, I didn't have a chance. And uh, I, I was by like age like three or four, you know, running, you know, computer games in, in DOS. And, you know, playing D&D and doing all this stuff. Mom actually brought out a, uh, it's, really, it's really cool Sarah, you have to look at it, but mom brought out notes from some D&D games that we did like 20 years ago. So I was like four at the time. And like, you can like flip through and you can see my notes that I put in there with mom. Cause I was, I was helping her. Uh, <laughs> there, was there. Awesome. there was air quotes there. There was air quotes there when I said helping her, it doesn't really come through on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was fun to look through because obviously I had no memory of it, but it was a lot of fun to look through and, and, and see the little, the little em- embellishments I had.
1: One of the biggest things for me is when I started eighth grade, um, my parents started homeschooling me, and um, it definitely has affected me in my adult life because I am now homeschooling my daughter, who is starting her, you know, first year of high school this year, which is insane to me. But, um, you know, I think that that really, that, that homeschooling experience as a teenager really helped shape me. Um, a lot in, in the ways I view education, in the ways I view um, just just allowing the creativity that, that happens naturally and the learning that happens naturally. Um, and I really think I would be a totally different person had I not had that experience growing up. And, of course, I had been public schooled up until seventh grade, which is something that... that um, both of y'all, both Megan and Kier, didn't. They were homeschooled from kindergarten on, so yeah. definitely a way of-
0: Yeah, and I work with a lot of high school-aged uh, youth, and they, um, they all go to public school. They all go to the same school. They all talk about stuff that's going on in the school and ask my advice on it. I'm just like, I don't know. I graduated <laughs> in a class of one, so I'm very little help <laughs> to you. But... Uh, <laughs> But it does. It does allow you to um, explore uh, education in a different way and really pursue what you're interested in, which makes it makes it seem like you're super intelligent. But really, you're just looking at what you want to look at. You know, you're 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 learning about you're the things. Focused.
1: You're,
0: yeah, you're learning about the things you want to learn about, rather than just whatever the teachers shoving down your throat. And you know the. 20 to 30 other kids that make up your class
1: Um, or in my case the things you want to learn about and writing yeah (laughs) because you could ask mom how much i liked her teaching me how to write when i was in eighth grade (laughs) we were just having a conversation about this (laughs) because it's also my daughter's least favorite thing to do so (laughs) in in many
3: ways the public schools teach you how to not like learn stuff
0: yeah, and I love learning. Learning's the best. Um, yeah, I have no memory, so like I can learn something and the next day completely forget it because I didn't. I didn't learn by memorization. I learned by, you know, just research and reading and things like that. So things do not stay in my head as long as some public but, schoolers may. But.
2: But then you get to learn them again, and that's yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like rediscovering things over and over and over again. And there's some things that I've, I've done that to the point where I, I've got it. Because I, I led a, uh, a Sunday school class this week where we actually discussed concepts like uh, evolution and the Big Bang and things like that. And how they fit into things in the Bible and how they don't necessarily contradict each other. And one of my uh, youth members actually looked at me at one point and was like, are you like a science teacher? How do you know all this stuff? And I'm just like, I'm a nerd. (laughs) That's the only explanation I can give you. But it's true. (laughs) Um.
2: Well, speaking back to homeschooling and mom and uh, uh, role-playing, one of my favorite memories of being homeschooled is for a while there, mom taught my brother and I history through a role playing game that she made where we played time agents who would go back in time to learn the mysteries of the past and that's awesome like, that is that is one of the single most amazing things There's and little... i remember i remember we visited various time periods to learn about that era of history and what went on there, and we were trying to learn like the secret of the Minotaur or uh, some other some other mystery in history. And uh, uh, one of one of the things that was my my brother and I actually came up with in the game that was just so clever to us was there there. This wasn't like uh, on, on necessarily on the up and up. So, there was a dummy corporation at, at the forefront. And uh, I remember that we decided that the dummy corporation was called Dummy Corp. And they made crash test dummies. And uh, that, that was their front. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> That's but pretty awesome, though.
2: I feel like that is a role playing game that should exist and should be played as an educational tool. I mean, that was an amazing time.
1: That's, yeah, I, you know, obviously that was not part of what my homeschooling experience was, but, but I, I had some pretty awesome homeschooling experiences too. Um, mostly, I was very interested in theater at the time, so mom set up with the local college um, the ability for myself and my younger sister, who's um, she's about two years younger than me. And and we went up to the college and kind of made the rotation through the departments. And, you know, they all took us in really well and, and kind of um, talked about what they did and, and the different aspects of theater. And I ended up majoring in theater in, in college at the same school because um, I think it just helped me see that it was something that I was very interested in and something I wanted to learn about and and being homeschooled gave us the flexibility to do that because we could go there during the day take these kinda like mini classes and and learn about stuff we were very very interested in we acted at you know the local community theater and and stuff like that during this time as well and it just it just opened up some possibilities that may not have existed at you know, as a an extra to public schooling, yeah, just and I, of the time.
0: I think that's something that a lot of people don't really realize who have you know teenage children that uh that that they can if they show an interest in a particular field they can reach out to their local college or try to contact some you know professors and and who specialize in that and and just have them. Even if it's just some email conversations, they're usually more than willing. I know I did some of that with photography before I went to off to college. Where I, in my senior year, I did kind of assignments on the college level. Where I contacted the local professor who taught photography. And he gave me assignments. And I did it. And we did it all through email. And he would basically give me a grade based on how I did. And it was kind of a a warm-up for it. So... so. we also uh,
3: did uh indian
0: archaeology
3: and uh earthquakes you know and got real experts
1: yes and this even this was even back when i was being homeschooled because we had such an awesome resource there in the in the college first of all and and people who are very willing to share their knowledge but we also went i remember that the earthquake we went through the um the, was it the extension service or I don't know it was not part of the college? Um, it was um,
3: the the uh, guy uh, the guy that they had on uh, uh, The television all the time the earthquake expert he taught at the college and we spent okay. some time we went to his house Now we may have done some other stuff, you know museum type stuff
1: Okay, I just I remember going to like an office somewhere, but I did not think it was at the campus. So, it may have been a different guy, right. too. Right. It was at his house. Okay.
0: I just remember growing up that um, you learn very quickly not to ever be bored. Because if you mentioned being bored around mom or dad, then you instantly had, like, to go write a story or work 100 math problems or, you know, <laughs> do do something with your time. Well, and so-
1: you. You know what I think is interesting about that is in my adult life, and I don't know if this is common with adults or not, maybe we're just all more busy, but I don't ever experience boredom as an adult. There's always something that I can be working on or or looking I, up or I learning don't. about even.
2: I think it's probably a product of your raising. You were <laughs> raised not ever to be bored, so now as an adult, you're not ever bored.
1: Yeah, usually. I find, yeah, I always find something that I want to do. There's not enough time to do everything I want to do. That's my that's issue. Usually the situation. That's my and issue. And I know that that's a that's a common adult problem too. But I'm I'm not an adult who is constantly on the run, going places for her children or all of that. I have one kid, and we don't really honestly do a whole lot outside of our home during the weekdays. I'm not I'm not running around like you know doing a million things. Um, and, and I know that that a lot of people who, you know, are in, in my situation with teenage kids, but.
2: Yeah, but there's also a great number of adults who, they get home at the end of the work day, and they watch TV, and then they go to bed, and then on the weekends, they watch movies or TV and sports, and then they go to work the next week, and that's what they do. And well, I
1: know some of that that goes on here, for sure, but. Um, yeah. but we always seem to have
2: that. It. Strikes me, that strikes me as as uh, a rather boring life. I, I want to be doing things and making things and reading things and going out and experiencing new things. And I think that that's a big product of how we were raised to constantly want to. Uh, expand our horizons and figure things out and uh you know uh that said i remember watching quite a bit of cartoons and movies and tv and things like that growing up too so
1: (laughs) Uh, i definitely did so even on our our limited amount of tv that we had available to us because we were in a in an area that only got two channels and I grew up, you know. I mean, obviously, before the internet and Netflix and all of that, and we didn't have cable for for my all right. my years either. All
2: right. all right, quick, quick, just round round the room. Favorite PBS show growing up?
0: Oh, Arthur! I'm just gonna throw that oh. out right now. It has to be for me.
1: I, don't, yeah. I mean it depends. Like what I'm thinking is when I was a teenager, I think mine was probably Nova. But as a kid, it was probably Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Like as a young kid,
2: I remember loving. I think it was called Square One, and especially Mathnet.
1: Yes, I remember watching that with you. I was probably a little old for it when it came on, but I watched it anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I was probably a little old for Arthur, but no, no, I take that back. Arthur's good no matter. Oh no, yeah,
0: was. I'll <laughs> still sit down and watch <laughs> Arthur. Don't don't mess with my show. Oh, that's a nice show.
3: This was great. I just, I'd come I mean, home every was... day from work and watch Sesame Street, but I have to go
2: with Doctor Who. I remember <laughs> watching Doctor Who with mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was the best. I loved watching Doctor Who growing up, and now that they're they're doing the the new series. Uh, I've been watching Doctor Who with my daughter, and she loves Doctor Who.
1: See, I was like the Doctor Who holdout. I I watched it, but it was not ever like, oh, yay, Doctor Who's on. I can't wait. I was not in that camp, and I have not watched any of the new series, which is probably Blasphemy or something. um, I've watched
2: all of the new series, and now I'm going back and watching all of the classic series again.
1: <laughs> now, I have, my, my husband has tried to watch the new series, and I have suggested to him <laughs> that maybe he should start with, like, Tom Baker or something, because I think that um, he would really enjoy that character.
0: Well, and I think he's also of the mindset that Doctor Who is, has got to have that certain level of of cheese and, and, and B-movie quality that some of the the new series has kind of stared away from. And now it's, you know, more of a, you know, high-budget blockbuster adventure every week. Um, whereas, you know, before, you know, you were lucky if your main actor remembered his lines.
2: They <laughs> uh, just don't make the aliens like they used to.
0: I will say, yeah. I will say, the the uh, the, the first uh, iteration of the Daleks in the in the new series were remarkably similar to the Daleks of the, the old series. They've adjusted them slightly uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: year to year since then. But
2: what's what's incredible about it to me is I remember first seeing the Cybermen in the new series. And it is 100% exactly how I remember them in the original series growing up, watching it when I was, you know, six or seven years old. And then I go back and I watch the original series and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that guy's wearing sweatpants.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, the mind of a six-year-old. It's a man of armor.
3: Yeah, the doctor who used to require work on the audience to imagine what, it, what they were trying to portray.
0: Well, I would say that as far as how growing up as a geek has, has shaped my life today, if, if anything else, and this is probably partly a product of, you know, being homeschooled as well, is it's allowed me to kind of be a jack of all trades. I literally have a thousand hobbies. That goes back to that idea of never being bored. Um, but it's helped me a lot in my career as a as a journalist because you know what I was told very early on um, while going to school uh, was that to be a journalist you kind of have to be a jack of all trades and be really able to adapt quickly and learn stuff quickly and and uh, I was just like yep this is for me because I can do all of that um, so it's it's allowed me to have that flexibility and to you know, I I equate things like, you know, playing video games growing up helped me with my ability for spatial reasoning and, and following directions and understanding how to get somewhere and get back without getting lost and that happens a lot whenever you have to go report somewhere and you have to go find somebody and sometimes they're not somewhere where a GPS can lead you. Sometimes they're out in the m- middle of a field, you know, 18 miles from the, you know, closest highway, so Uh, Things like that I can see relate to uh, uh, what I'm doing today, and it's kind of neat watching that progression over the years.
2: Man, I will say this. Video games did not help my spatial reasoning. I once got lost on the way home from work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe some of that's just natural for me too, because I I know a lot of people... (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people that should be able to navigate that can't.
2: Um, I am one of those people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Several of our siblings are one of those people, so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, our... Our mall, our local mall is set up like a giant hallway. And then there's stores on either side. And yet still, I can go in there with people and go into one of the stores And they come out and they can't figure out what direction they came from and what direction they're going. It's just one strip.
1: It's left (laughs) or right. There's
0: no maze, nothing confusing at all about it. And they still can't figure it out.
1: My husband is one of those people.
2: (laughs) I think for me, it's because it's not a maze. If it was a maze, I'd be fine. But because it's just a straight shot, I'm like, I don't know what to do in this situation. This is not like a roguelike dungeon at all.
1: You keep telling yourself that, Kier.
2: I just, all I'm saying is it would be better if there were a lot more corridors and I
0: had a torch. <laughs> well, torch I, tell key, I, I tell you, I went through one of those like... uh you know, hay mazes one year around Halloween and they, they give you a little map to guide you and it's just kind of like a You know, a top-down view, but it's a pretty tricky maze even with the map and they have people like posted to kind of guide you along just in case you can't figure it out And we had somebody else ha- with the map for the longest time and we were just going in circles and then finally they handed the map to me and it was instantly like I am in a video game. I know how to do this. I can navigate using this map <laughs> You know, it's just my mini-map, yeah. and I will get through this maze. And it was It was great. It's the best thing but ever.
2: But do, do you have the little pointer on the little mini-map that tells you where you are and what direction you're facing?
0: There's landmarks on the mini-map.
2: Oh, well, that works.
0: He was just like, hey, if you're at this part in the maze, you're at this part in the mini-map. So there you go.
2: So, so confession time, I went to a corn maze recently, and I got horribly lost. So my argument's right out the window. <laughs> Luckily... Luckily, my daughter was there, and and she successfully navigated us out. So. <laughs>
1: Go Wendy! <laughs> I, I still say you were just missing the torch. I bet you didn't have a torch.
2: That's that's well, they frown
1: upon that in a corn maze. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm making that assumption that you didn't have one. <laughs> Otherwise, but, I think you would have been the I'm,
2: stand I'm standing by. It. Uh, if I had a torch, I would have been fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you would have figured out a way out. You had to make it yourself.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Silence. I <laughs> know, right? Everything gets quiet. That's something that hasn't happened very often either.
2: <laughs> my my new hobby is I wait until an awkward silence falls in the conversation and then I intentionally don't say anything to see how long I can draw it out.
0: See, <laughs> and I'm not... I i embrace silence in a way that a lot of people can't. Um, so I, I could see us getting into trouble if we tried to play that game with each other. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> after a while... This...
1: What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, it gives me a chance to think, <laughs> so I'm I'm all for silence. Yeah, I,
2: for me, like after a while, I just start shifting uncomfortably. Like, I'm not actually uncomfortable. I'm just trying to 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 mimic that and, and see if I get others to do the same. And like, case I just go, <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> make little start start singing the Jeopardy song or. <laughs>
0: The best that's and you can my, only that's... the best you can only do this with certain people, but the best is when like the silence has lasted long enough that you just kinda start reaching out slowly to, towards the other person and just kinda like run your run your hand along their shoulder or just touch their face randomly. <laughs> just be like this is how I'm breaking the silence.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> does, not make, does not make it more See? awkward at all. No. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness. <laughs> I would run from you. Uh, If you weren't weren't my family, I would run from you. (laughs) Well, that's why I said you can only do it with certain people. (laughs) I am not usually one of those people.
0: You have to to know ahead of time. You have to know your audience. Uh, Now that we have successfully just gotten so (laughs) off track. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think we're done with gr- our growing up geek topic, unless well, anybody it, else has anything else did to add. you have
1: something he wanted to add, because he really didn't.
3: I I am a music geek, as you all know. And I used to visit Frank Cross when I went to the music festival and Frank's place or Eddie May's Cafe. And uh, uh, we would often just sit in there next to each other for a half hour or more, just sit there and not say a thing.
0: All right, let's go to break.
3: Thanks for enjoying our Related to Geeks podcast. Download the MP3 from our website, relatedtogeeks.com, and you can also listen on our YouTube channel. All
0: right, everybody, we're going to wrap up this episode with our pick of the week, and we're going to start with Dad. How about you?
3: Okay, my pick of the week is V o a t. As in goat with a V. Co. It is kind of like a um, downscale Reddit. Um, Reddit was having some issues with uh, personnel management a few weeks back, and this was the most frequently listed alternative. And uh, I kind of like it. Um, It's uh, you you get more conversations and more, uh, not just. Uh, I don't know, Reddit's all kind of mean kids. you got a lot of mean kids, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And uh, this is more like uh, not nearly as many people, and so you can actually get to know people through the conversations. And uh, I'm doing the, helping with the free culture uh, uh, sub-vote or whatever it is, subreddit, Free culture, which they also have over on Reddit, they have most of the stuff that they have on Reddit, and that is active, of course. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I want to look up that sound effects site is to add the link into the free culture vote.
0: Nifty. So there's my
3: pick of the week. Vote. Vote. C o v o a t as in goat.
0: Yeah, vote as in goat.
2: Yes. vote
0: the Vote Goat. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Kier, how about you?
2: My pick of the week is a role playing game called Icons. And I recently picked up the assembled edition. And it's a game by Stephen Kinson, who previously wrote probably one of the most famous superhero role playing games out there uh, called Mutants and Masterminds. And Icons is designed to be kind of a a simpler, stripped down, more leaning towards random role character generation, Uh, and all of the art and all of the text and everything inside the book really gives it that Saturday morning superhero cartoon feel. And uh, I picked it up to run a one-off game at the Superhero Game Day at the library I was talking about earlier. And I really like the mechanics for it. I really highly recommend people check it out.
1: I can't wait to see how that goes for you on Saturday.
2: I can't wait to see it either. Cool. There is a
3: classic puzzle game, I think it's color matching, called Mastermind.
2: Yep.
1: Yep. We played that as a kid, I remember that game. I did not play that as a kid. I think I really <laughs> liked that game i I don't know that i mean it was it was definitely a um you know it right here yeah who I know it friend, uh, actually they guy. uh
2: uh a uh, fun odd fact I learned about that uh the original cover had kind of this uh model looking girl and this guy who in a business suit behind a table, and he looked very serious. And uh, uh, there was originally supposed to be a cat in the picture in the guy's lap, but the cat peed on the guy. Oh, gross. And <laughs> so they pulled the cat out, but they said, you know what? Let's go ahead and do the photo shoot. So anytime you see the cover of Mastermind, remember that serious looking business guy has a lap full of cat pee. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well oh, wow I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that, you know, it's a good thing he went with the plural masterminds or it would have been a total wreck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're they're really <laughs> the exact same.
1: <laughs> Sarah. Hey Sarah, what's your pick? Um, I have actually been really into planning, like like calendars and stuff, but using it decorative with stickers and stuff like that. And I have been watching a lot of YouTube videos and stuff on it, and I bought about a month ago uh, Mambi, or Me and My Big Ideas Happy Planner, which I absolutely love. It's the same kind of system as the ARC system that you can get at Staples, the disc-bound, where you can pull the stuff out and put it back in. It's not spiral-bound. It's not not really – it almost acts like a coil-bound planner just in the way it looks, but you can actually take pages out and add pages to it if you have the right punches or whatever, which was important to me. I didn't want a spiral-bound one, but but um, I, I just absolutely love the system, and it's in the scrapbooking section at a lot of craft stores and, and such, but um, I, I've just been making my planners pretty so that I can remember when I have to do blog posts and stuff, because otherwise I remember at one o'clock in the morning that it's due the next day and that's never good for me.
0: I find my best writing happens at one o'clock in the morning before <laughs> the things. That's at least what well, got that, me the, through college.
1: The <laughs> issue with this is is I'm usually having to do some sort of creative project as well as writing something. So if I'm starting that at one o'clock in the morning, I'm finishing it at like four or five or the next morning or whatever. And that's yeah. not yeah,
0: yeah. I love the idea of like that really decorative planning and I acquired some supplies for it but I've just never been one to actually sit down and do it usually I just you know scrawl some random crap in there and then like if it lasts if it's like an event more than a day then my decoration is like a a strip of of washi tape
1: just (laughs)
0: landed over those multiple days and then I'm just like yep that's decorated Pretty. <laughs>
1: the, yeah. The reason this works for me is because I like to look at pretty things. So if I've got all the stickers and stuff in my planner, I will look at it. Otherwise, it'll get filled in for about a day, and then I will never open it again. So I've found that this is. I mean, it's worked for me for a month now. I do like Sunday night. We'll we'll usually watch. Been watching like battle bots and stuff on on Sunday night. So I'll I'll sit down with the um with the planner and and my sheet of stickers and just kind of decorate it as we're watching it because there's a lot of fluff in that. I will. Watch the actual battles, but just listen to everything else. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just sure there'll reminded
2: be. Me. I need to watch BattleBots this
1: week. <laughs> 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 not, I think I think the season's over now. So, but I'm yeah, guessing you haven't yeah. seen the film. <laughs> we have seen it. I, I decorated have... my planner while we watched it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, my pick of the week, since we've segued to it so nicely, there um, is. <laughs> As The Tenth Kingdom, which I have recently started re-watching. It is quite an older uh, miniseries. And I was just checking on Netflix. It was on streaming for a time, but it seems to be only DVD right now. But uh, I'm sure the DVD is fairly inexpensive, too, if you just want to buy it outright. Definitely worth it. Um, I I started watching it. I watched um Into the Woods last week. And I wasn't too impressed with Into the Woods, but I still am glad I watched it cuz it made me want to rewatch The Tenth Kingdom and The Tenth cre- Kingdom is just great, but it's that same concept of all the fairy tales kind of blended together, but then it also has some modern folks uh, who are part of the Tenth Kingdom that go into these this magical land that's made up of the other nine kingdoms that are, you know, Basically remnants of the past fairy tales where you know Cinderella ruled over one and Snow White ruled over another kingdom, and it's kind of you know the the after the happily ever after, um, and and you know the 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 uh, the years where all that stuff's starting to degrade and and uh, fall apart on them and they're they're uh, exploring that land, and it's just it's really good it's really just. I think one of the best. I think when we originally watched it, correct me if I'm wrong, but if we, when we originally watched it, we rented it, and it came on two VHS tapes, and, you know, it's a miniseries, so it's fairly long, and I think each tape, sh- you know, showed how long each individual tape was, but they were, like, cut, like, perfectly the same amount of time, so we thought it was the entire duration, and so we sat down the night before we had to return it to watch it, and it would have been like five to six hours worth of uh, content to watch before we had to return the next day, had that been the actual length. But no, that was the length of just one tape, yet we still sat down and watched the entire, like, ten-hour miniseries in a single evening yeah. the first time we watched it, because it was just
1: that good. Yeah, it was so, fantastic. Into the Woods is one of my daughter's absolute favorite musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the movie she wasn't as crazy about, but she really likes the the Broadway musical that you can you can rent and watch um, with Bernadette Peters and.
0: See, and I've never seen uh, that.
1: Gleason. I just watched you the movie. <laughs> I just watched the movie. I figured
0: the musical was better. The movie, I was no, kind of like, no. eh, about.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, as far as as it goes, I mean, we all none of us went to the movie and went. Well, this was a complete waste of time. We all found things in it that we enjoyed, but we all came out of it with, a, well, that was different. <laughs> it was very different.
2: <laughs> Apparently, you should watch the Tenth Kingdom now.
1: That's what I'm wondering. If it's is it appropriate for 14 year old? Probably. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. CD absolutely. Miniseries, Probably, yeah. So. Yeah. So. I remember one when of, it came one out, of the I remember. one of the
3: great video fantasies of all time. The best part is the wider shade of pale. Uh, the worst part is snow white, so be prepared.
1: yeah well we um spoiler spoiler Gosh, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember when it came out, and I remember kind of a little bit of hype that surrounded it just in in. I think it was still when I was working in theater at that point in time, maybe even, or I don't remember when it came out. I was just probably around people who were geeky enough to, to be excited about it. But it, well, I knew y'all watched it, but there were other people in my life that were really excited about it and watching it. But I never got a chance to see it. So, um, And I had totally forgot about it until you just mentioned it. But as yeah. soon as you said fairy tales and all of that stuff, I was like, yeah. Maybe that'd be something that we should we should try to track down and watch.
0: It's good stuff. I think I think we have the VHS tape. I have it on DVD, oh. which is probably more convenient for you. Um, yeah,
1: we do have a VHS player still, but it is not hooked up. It's just kind of in our closet. So the um. uh,
0: just FYI, the uh, kind of. A description of the Tenth Kingdom on Netflix is Central Park has a magic portal leading to a fantastic world of talking dogs and evil trolls. No, it's not New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so so that's that's the Tenth Kingdom in a nutshell. Really good, you should go watch it.
1: Okay. Well you, Absolutely. You should, if you get to come to the library, bring me the discs. <laughs>
0: Jeez. <laughs> I didn't realize there was going to be so much work to this podcast stuff.
1: I tell ya. I'm demanding, too. So. I tell ya, I tell you.
0: <laughs> All right. So I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. And uh, like I said, we, uh, we're going to try to do this uh, every two weeks. Is that what we're shooting for?
1: That works for me. If it works for everybody else
0: so we're not we're we're definitely not gonna be a weekly podcast we're gonna be a, a, a hopefully when we get to do it about every two weeks podcast so just FYI going into this but we will keep it pretty regular for you guys and uh, we appreciate you listening and uh, hope to catch you next time bye, bye. bye. catch you
3: later
2: poo patoo 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 do do do